Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with some people today, and I apologize. I, uh, I don't know. I'm not really even sorry. I, 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 if it bothers anybody, it bothers me what I'm going to do here because I'm, I'm, uh, I kind of like things in order. Some of you are not shocked about that at all. Some of you are like, I knew it. Uh, I, I, I do, I, but I, I like things structured, but I like the Holy Ghost to be able to just take over whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it. Um, and the Lord, the Lord has really worked on me. We're going to jump into the armor of God. And so in my mind, I want to go at the armor of God one step at a time. Okay, I, I, that, if we're going to do it, let's do it just how it is in, in the scripture. And yet the Lord has been so clear with me that we've got to talk about the helmet today. And I reasoned with him as if he is not God enough. Um, God, I think. Uh, but he didn't care. So Ephesians, Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Wait a minute. Aren't you, aren't you writing to believers here? Don't believers come with the armor of God? He writes as though this is a maturity factor in Christians. That the, that the armor is not automatic. One of the greatest things that we would ever do is to entertain the thought that the armor is automatic. All right. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Everybody say high. In high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Why? That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Now I want, oh, I want to go to verse 14. But just jump over to verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want to I talk to us today about the armor. I'm not sure how long we'll be here. I make no promises of how short or how long this series is going to go. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this. We got to guard our minds. We got we to gotta guard our minds. Throw your hands towards heaven and pray with me, would you? Lord, we love you. We thank you for our time together in your house. What an honor it is. What an honor, what an honor, what an honor it is to be in your house. We have nothing without you. 
There is no good thing minus you, your presence, your blessing. Help me, O oh God, that I might preach with wisdom, with clarity. That understanding might come in this house. Oh, I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Turn to somebody that maybe you haven't talked to yet. And I know the introverts hate this part. Just ask them this question. Is your helmet on? Is your helmet on? Is your helmet on? You may be seated. <clears throat> it was one of the most rattling or disturbing calls that I have ever received. And while it has now turned into a positive story over time, Two Novembers ago when I received the call, my mother said these words. She said, I found your dad laying in the driveway. She said, I think he must have fell on ice, slipped on the ice. She said, he, he has no memory of what happened. But his head is beginning to just pound and throb. And he does not want to let me take him to the hospital. You know, men, we can be stubborn. I just let that sit there for a minute so the women could have a good time. <clears throat> and so I did what I think she was looking for. I said, it's imperative that you take him to the hospital right now. I said, you tell him I said. <laughs> you know, it's hard with your parents to play. Brother Carson said, it's, it's hard. But I played that card and I called my brother. And the siblings were in agreement, me, my brother, my sister. We were in agreement that she needed to take him to the hospital. Thankfully, they got in the vehicle. Immediately, she began to drive him to the hospital. Some of you watched this story or saw it on social media before I was ever coming here to Indianapolis, and you just saw it due to the public nature of social media. When they got my father to the hospital, he, in fact, had fractured his skull, and he had a major brain bleed occurring. I'll never forget driving across and getting there and finding out the diagnosis and listening to the instruction of the doctors. They begin to talk about the process. Some of you have gone through this, and I recognize that my story might even have triggers with certain individuals in the room. And so please note that I don't have any sense of lack of sensitivity for what I'm talking. It's a personal story that I felt to share. But it was, their, it was their process that they had to figure out if the, if the blood would stop, if the brain bleed would stop, or if they would have to go in and work to stop that. They said, we will do one of two things. We will either have to make small whole to allow there to be an alleviating of the pressure or we will possibly have to remove a, a portion of the skull. And again, I, I want to keep from any graphic detail, but I want to tell you that what took place over the next week was one of the toughest things I've ever dealt with in all my life. They did, in fact, Brother Brown, have to remove the entire right skull flap and my father, this man who I had seen as a picture of strength for so long, really had carried the weightiness of our family. Walked into a hospital room. And there seemed to be 
There seemed to be no cognizant thought. Sometimes with you, when you deal with someone who has had a brain injury, his, his eyes were doing their own thing. His speech was not there. His movements were not there. Brother Jordan, I, I would walk in. I don't know how many times I'd walk in. My mom was in prayer in the room. Sometimes you just have to cling to a promise when you cannot see it. For faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For all of those here today that are a part of the medical field, I want you to hear me. We honor you. We honor your work. We honor what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. We honor you. Hundreds of people through this room could testify to the fact that a good nurse, a good doctor, a proper bedside manner can make all the difference in the world. My mom, purely exhausted, completely feeling just wrung out, not seeing any advances, several days in, a doctor that was probably overworked and probably low on caffeine and, and low on sleep and, and grumpy. He, he walked into the room and my mom, as any wife would, was just asking some questions. And he looked sharply back at her and he said, you might need to face the reality. This may be as good as he ever gets. To which she responded, well, I refuse to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> because as believers there are some things we can refuse and she began to pray and she began to seek God and it was at bare minimum an arduous process my father having to learn how to process again. The inflammation going down. The swelling going down. Watching very small, small. I'm talking small changes that you would cling to. How many know that sometimes it's just a small change that you cling to like a, bowie, a buoy in the middle of the water. You cling to it and you take that and you grasp to it. And there are some needs on the prayer list today that we've got to cling to the small. And it was not significant calls. It was not he's talking. It was not he's walking. It was not he's rolling over. It was, I think he looked at me. But we watched as hours turned into days and days turned into weeks and weeks into months. This slow, 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 but steady progression. I can remember the night that I told my mom, you are going home tonight. I'm staying with dad. By 5 a.m. the next morning. Are you almost here? <laughs> they have such a bond. I think my dad asked me where my mom was no less than a hundred times that night. The process of giving care and being a caretaker, oftentimes we pray for the one who is ill, but we do not pray enough for those who are giving the care to them that are ill. They need to be in our minds. They need to be in our hearts. They need to be in our prayers. And I thank God, because as the story unfolded, and as they were able to watch that swelling go down and he was able to get into physical therapy, I'll never forget watching him like he was a kid learning how to walk again. How is it possible? And yet if my father and many of you have met him when he's shown up here, him and my mom, you'd look at him and you'd say, there's no way he had multiple brain surgery. There's, that's not possible when you see him today. But when he walks and he talks and he interacts, I know what it was like to see him at that place where he had no control of his own speech or even his own, his own movement or his eyes or his vision or his, and he would try to talk. And I, I have this video that every now and then we pull out and we, and we look at it and we, we remind ourselves what the Lord has done. 
Anytime you're having a low day, you ought to have a little sheet of paper somewhere or a little journal or a little video somewhere that reminds you what He has already done for you. The skull is developed by God. I want to say something today. It's a bold statement. I'm not going to scream it for your response. I'm just going to say it. We were created by God. We were intricately created, built, and designed by God. We were not the result of some big bang or some Darwin theory where we evolved from another part of creation. Male and female created He them. And when He designed us, He knew what it would take to keep us alive. Okay? He knew you needed a brain. Have you lost <laughs> your mind? I wish it were not the case that I heard that many times through my life. But the skull designed by God is meant to be that initial helmet. It's meant to be that protecting portion of the body that guards how many know when you first, some of you men can relate with this. When we had our first baby, and I want to pause and say, I'm so glad to have the Normans back today. <laughs> Speaking of miracles, we've been praying for baby Rice. We love y'all. We're so glad you're back. Brother, Brother Norman, you remember, you know, when I had, when you had your first one, you had that sweet little girl. Now she's a little bigger. She's a little more fall proof, Right? I remember having Canaan. I was so scared of that little, you know what I'm talking about, the soft spot. Because I can remember being a teenager and trying to hold a baby. They feel so breakable, don't they? Holding that baby. And my mom would be like, watch your head, boy. <laughs> just, take, just take the baby back. Just take it. You know, you'd be holding a kid. What do little kids want to come up and do? Rub on the head. All the moms are like, oh, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. Don't touch. Don't touch. Don't touch. Don't touch. Don't touch their hands. They put their hands in their mouth. Don't touch their head. Don't touch the... You know what I'm talking about. Some of you parents, you know exactly the feeling it is to see somebody walk up and let a newborn hold their finger. Mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because we're protecting them. That, that soft spot. And what are we waiting on? Moms, dads, remember that? We're waiting on that to... Close up. Why? We need it to be protected. We have been designed physically to be protected. Because if that which is supposed to be guarded gets altered, it affects the rest of everything you do. It does. Paul is talking to the church. And he said... Let me tell you something. I know you've got all these pieces on, but hear me. You've got to wear your helmet. They've, you've got to get the helmet of salvation on. Ladies and gentlemen, please hear me right now. The enemy wants your mind. He wants your mind. He wants you to... That might be him. He wants your mind. <laughs> he wants you to be, he wants you to live under worry. How many know that's true? He wants you to come in here on Sunday. Whoa, God is so good. And then he wants you to walk out on Monday like you got no sense. Like you can shout in here, but you got to live under panic out there. Well, my faith is high, but my belief is low. 
My faith in my, in my heart is it, 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 it's, it's high. I, I love God. But my belief, my cognizant thought, my faith says I should love him. But my brain absorbs so much garbage. You know, the longest foot in the world is the foot from your brain to your heart. Trying to get these two things in sync. I came to Indianapolis a year ago. A year ago when I first started preaching. This Sunday, I think it was after Memorial Day. Started preaching. First Wednesday night, I started a connection between the heart and the mind. And I'm telling you right now, as a reminder, we have got to guard our minds. Let's talk about the devil. I don't like giving the devil any credit. But I want to talk about the devil just a little bit. How many know that he is an accuser? He, he is an incredible, sorry for our teachers, an incredible accuser of the brethren. Revelation calls him that accuser. He is the accuser. And he will consistently dredge up in your mind what you got victory over years ago. He will put you in a place where you have not dealt with that for months or maybe years. But you will try to move forward in God. It is not a physical obstacle. It is your brain you're tripping over. He is an accuser. The Bible says he is an adversary. It's important that we know who He is and what He is. In Matthew 4, He was the tempter of Christ. If He comes after your ears, He's coming after your brain. If He comes after your eyes, He's coming after your brain, your mind, your thoughts. He's coming after those thoughts that you, you go to sleep for eight hours, but you don't feel like you slept for five minutes. Because he's after your mind, after your mind. He's trying to destroy your thought process. He wants you to walk in with a plastic smile in this pretending Pentecostal mode that everything is good, but in here. Please hear me. I'm not talking about here. Because in here you love God. Paul said, hear me right now. Get all of this on. Get your, get your garb right. Get your armor right. But don't forget your helmet. Cover your head. Hear me right now. We cannot afford to let our thinking Go south. We cannot afford to lose righteous thinking in this hour. Man. We've got to get our minds. Oh, pastor, talk to us about the spiritual things. I am. We've got to get our mind. We We think that our hearts are for God and our minds are for the scientists. That's not. He designed us so that we could have Pure thought. Think on these things. Whatsoever things are. Yeah. Get your mind on the lovely things. Get your your mind on the just things. Get your mind on the pure things. If your first response to someone is negative, it's because your parking lot of your mind is negativity. Mm. In Genesis, that devil, he's a serpent. By revelation, he's a dragon. Isaiah names him as Lucifer, that fallen angel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 notes him as the God of the age or the God of this world. That's how Paul addresses him. He said, there is a a worldly God. 
Seems like a dichotomy even to, 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 to say it out loud that it's a worldly God. There is, however, a worldly God and there is a God overall. One G is capital, the other is lowercase. But His example is that He constantly, watch this please, the enemy constantly works to exalt Himself. I want to flesh this out. He works to exalt Himself. Why was Lucifer kicked out of heaven? The exalting of self. That's why you've got to be very careful that you never try to exalt yourself in a role. It is not the characteristic of Christ. They that are first shall be last. It is a different representation. When he tries to make himself known, it is through the exaltation of himself. Go in your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Watch this in, in, in verse one. We're going we're gonna to read at least verses one through five. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. Okay, thank you, Paul. You're giving me a little ammunition. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to to the flesh. He said, you need to get a fresh understanding. He's talking to the church. He said, you've got to get a, a fresh understanding. You, you don't want them to be misguided in their thought towards us. But I wonder how many times people are misguided, misguided in their thoughts towards the church because the church is misguided in the thoughts of who we're supposed to be. We've got to be like him. Nothing else. We're not, oh, okay. Verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through Preacher, pause. You are still mighty through God. Even if you feel completely wrung out, like my mom had to look at the doctor and said, I refuse to accept that. Some of you need to look at the circumstance of your life and say, I refuse to accept that. Because if the devil really would have had his way, some of you would have lost your mind a long time ago. Mm. For the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Watch this, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought. Somebody shout every thought. every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Right here, right here, right here. That exalteth itself. See those words at the beginning? Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalteth itself. The actual Greek, the way it really reads out, is that it was a thought that was low that was promoted. 
It was a thought that was not meant to be high that was made high. It is the very descriptive nature of the enemy itself. He will take your feet, but he will not be happy with your feet alone. He'll take your hands, but he is not happy with your hands alone. Because if he can get to your mind, he can dictate where your feet will go, what your hands will reach for, what your mouth will utter. He's coming after your mind. But I've got news for somebody in this place. All you've got to do is cast it down. Wait a minute, I got that kind of power? Paul said, as a believer, all you've got to do is bring that. Woo! I feel like helping somebody this morning. All you've got to do is take your brain and baptize it. You need to baptize your brain with some positive words. And I know some people don't like this, like positive speech don't do much. It'll be a good start for you to just say, I'm better than this. I am not, how open, I'm going to just, we got some, I am not, I am not who I was. I am not who I was. I am not who I was. I'm not denying that I was a mess, but I am not that person anymore. I am not that person anymore. I am not that person. Quit trying to exalt that thought in my mind. I, I am not. I, I am not. I am not. It's not by my might. It's not by my power, but because of the Spirit of God. I'm here to tell somebody, when you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, when you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the devil should have lost his authority to come and try and convince you that you're somebody that you're not. You gotta cast down the amount. The difference between children and adults is when we're children, we have great imagination. Somewhere between childhood and adult, all of our imagination turns dark. That we are somehow a lesser version. Ladies and gentlemen, you are more than a conqueror. What does that even mean? Paul talking here about the spiritual warfare and he introduces it by saying we wrestle not which means that I'm going to be up close and personal and when you're in a fight it feels up close. Brother Goddard, it feels very personal. It, it's right here. It's like how does nobody else see this? How does nobody else feel it? Because it's your fight. Just like it's your cross, it's your fight, it's your wrestle, it's your, it's your Jacob in the darkness of night. It, it's your moment where you've got to cling and hold on. It's your moment where you've got to wrestle and you've got to convince yourself. Here's the biggest problem with being a Christian. Everybody else will see that you've got power and you can't see it about yourself. Everybody else will be able to see the destiny of God that is upon you. But the enemy will, will so antagonize and torment your thought process that you will stand in front of people and you will be fine. But in the darkness of your own home, I'm after his lies this morning. I'm after his lies this morning. Please hear what I'm about to say. Too many of us put on the helmet of salvation when we leave our house. And too many of us are not putting it on when we walk in. I walk out and I put it on when I'm in public so that I can guard my mind against the thoughts on the radio and the songs in the department store and the thoughts at work and the person in the cubicle next to me. I put on the helmet of salvation so that I can believe truth when I walk around. But ladies and gentlemen, it's in our homes we need it. We need it when there are no peers around to help us. There is no pastor preaching to us. There is no, there is no ladies group or men's group. You need to put that thing on when you walk in your house. I'm talking to somebody right now. You need to walk through your house with the helmet of salvation and say this is going to be a house of peace. From this day forward, this is going to be a house of peace. The torment of my mind. 
Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now that you ought to square your shoulders and put your helmet on. God designed me for more than this. He designed me not to believe lies. You don't have to believe the lies of the enemy when you have the truth of God. The truth of God. What are the lies of the enemy? Lies of the enemy are things like you'll never beat pornography. Lies of the enemy are once a cheater, always a cheater. <laughs> Some of the lies of the enemy are to make ourselves become more lofty in our minds than we are in reality. So we have to hear every now and then, such were some of you. The lies of the enemy are, we can never work this marriage out. Lies of the enemy are, your kids will never come back to God. Lies of the enemy are, well, the doctor said it, so it's over. He's the author. He's the finisher. Ooh. Come on, where are my believers in the house? that say, I've endured some shots. I've, I've taken some falls. I've, I've bumped my head along the way. But when I fall, I know I fell. I laid up in a spiritual hospital for a long time. But I feel like taking some steps. I, I feel like walking down the hallway. I, I feel like moving just a little bit. I'm ready to get my mind. I know you got the heart for it. But you got to get the mind for it. We need the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ will keep us from getting offended. The mind of Christ will help you to think bigger than shallow insults. Because really, their words can't mess you up anyway. That's exactly right. Here's the, here's the deal. Satan, that enemy, whom I hate to give much airtime, he is smart enough, Brother Marshall, that he has delegated his work. He, he was a created being. Don't miss that. He is not eternal. He was a created being who fell. And he took some with him. Some of us have a real hard time explaining that or dealing with that. But let me tell you what. If angels can fall, some people ain't going to live for God. I don't believe it. Does that mean I shouldn't pray? No! You pray. God can work on them. Just don't decide that you're going to be a lesser version of a believer to try to justify who they are. I've seen this done too much with parents and with children. Because we couldn't handle the fact that maybe they were lost, so we dumbed down. Don't do that. How do you, what do you mean he was, he was able to delegate? Because he established principalities and powers. We know what that means, Brother Sleva. He strategically, he strategically, geographically said, this is your area. You're good here. We've heard it talked about for years. We just don't talk about it in this manner. I want, I want to go ahead and pull the mask off this thing. We talk about it. You, we say it up under words like spirit of lust, spirit of envy. How many know what I'm, give, give me somebody, wave at me like you know what I'm talking about right now. We talk about this, but they will establish themselves. There have been places, Brother Sleva, that I drive into and feel, ooh. How many know what I'm talking about right there? Ooh. Because there are principalities. There are powers. There are governing areas. And it is our scriptural mandate that we must break the back of the prince of the air. To take geographical, which is what we're after, Calvary, is a geographical, a regional revival. Which lets us know that every stronghold which has been established 
If we're not careful, we give it the credit that it has sought to exalt itself over the knowledge of God. But believers understand one word of God. One word of God is greater than the darkest corners of any community. Sitting around this room right now are testimonies that are too ugly to share. <laughs> For some of us, you've heard the surface testimony that people can know. But you couldn't really handle the true business. And the worst part of it is, there's a bunch of people in this room that feel like you're the only one. Where's he going with this? Don't talk about, don't talk about. And any time in a service you're there and somebody brings up something like loss or somebody brings up something like addiction or somebody brings up something like fornication or somebody said, you go all the... Because it triggers. And the, and the thoughts of who you were. But should it not be so that when the thoughts raise up, rather than being depressed about who we were, you know why he tries to put it? He, try, he hears the word. He is not omnipresent. He is not omniscient. He does not know the thoughts of your brain. But the thoughts of your brain have been played out in your actions and he takes good notes. And so he knows those actions. And when it's spoken, it's triggered. It's triggered in your mind. And so we can do one of two things. We can either let that thought be what diminishes our praise or the fact that we have made it past For some of you, it's hard to clap to this, but I said it earlier and I'm going to ask it again. I won't ask it, I'm just going to say it. Some of you know you should have lost your mind a while ago. I don't know if it was when they beat you. I don't know if it was when they died. I don't know if it's when somebody walked out on you, but you should have, and maybe you did have a little breakdown. I guarantee there's people in the room that did have a break. Went through a season of time. You didn't talk right, didn't act right, didn't live right. And there are triggers in life that will try to make you think you're no better than them. But he is a liar. <laughs> and he is, the, he, is the, he is the accuser of the brethren. Yeah, he is. But, but, but. But there's this little thing that he has a tendency to do. He will also, serpent, I can recognize that. Dragon, I can definitely get that. But he will present himself as an angel of light. He will come and find you in the splendor of a situation. That's why you need to have discernment Come on, we've got, we've got to be mature Christians that are continuing to grow that we might discern the lies of the enemy that speak into our minds and speak into our lives and, tr and try to detour us from who and what God has designed us to be. What's the helmet of salvation do? The helmet of salvation reminds me, if God be for us, who can be against us? The helmet of salvation, it covers my mind. And when the enemy tries to come and attack my thoughts, I, like Christ, might say, get the hits. 
I'm able to think pure thoughts. I'm able to think righteous thoughts. But I'm going to tell you something, and we don't talk the practicality of it enough, but i got to take the helmet off to let some thoughts in. That went over like a lead balloon. You've got to take that helmet off to watch some things. You've got to take that helmet off to, 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 to view and to have some, have some conversations because a, a mind that is guarded by the thought of salvation, it will keep... It's not only about what it keeps out, ladies and gentlemen, it's also about what it keeps in. <laughs> It's usually the outside attack that detours and takes the inside significance. And we've got to guard and keep. I've got to guard from that which is without. But I've got to guard what is within. When you were in your right mind, the thoughts that came to you and said, Wait a minute, time out. I, I, I know I've had some trials, but people are not against me. That spirit of paranoia that wants to make you think that you're the only one. You're not the only one. God is for you. God is for you. And the church is for you. Somebody repeat after me. The church is on my side. Ah. Your family, your family does not have to be destroyed. God is on my side. The church is on my side. God is on my side. Church is on my side. When I'm working with people that have battled depression and anxiety, we talk through some statements that they need to make. Ladies and gentlemen, every one of us probably need to have some wake-me-up statements. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You will find that your body will have to follow your pronunciation. You, you, you have to follow it. If you can talk happy. My, my, my. Wouldn't it be something that the majority of your week was spent smiling? Spent in joy? Spent positive? Stand with me in this house today. I... I am aware, just like you are, the wiles of the enemy. That he wants to, that he wants to mess with our thoughts. He wants us to give in to those, those thoughts of discouragement, those thoughts of doubt. But let me, let me attack this in our closing here today. He wants to attack the confidence of our salvation. You can't be saved. You can't really live for God. He didn't really forgive you. You didn't really speak with other tongues. You, you, didn't, you didn't really. That, that wasn't really a prophecy. That wasn't really spiritual. That, 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 that wasn't really the presence. Those were some goosebumps. That was emotion, not eternal. Those are the things that exalteth themselves. I don't know why, Brother Elder, I don't know why God chose this divine plan, why He would create humankind and then dwell in us. I don't know why He would use the fickleness of mankind to house such holy things, but I know that He did. I know He did. I don't know why He chose a genealogy. Now, I can preach it, but in rational thought, I don't know why He chose a genealogy of all different ethnicities and all different cultures and all different social classes to come and to live. But I know He did. And I know this much. He is truth. And the devil is a liar. And so if I am going to keep my mind... I've got to keep my mind in the Word. 
And I've got to keep my mind rested on the truth of God. And I've got to cast down those imaginations. Those those things that exalt themselves. He's not talking to you. He's talking to everybody else. You know who you are. That's not God. A God that loved you enough to... Please hear this. I'm closing. A God that loved you enough to manifest in flesh and to take on your sin through His own life as a spotless lamb, that God loves you too much to try to speak those thoughts to you. The enemy has manufactured that. Some of it is because we watch horror movies when we should not as believers. Listen, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you cannot watch certain filth. It will mess with your mind. It'll make you regurgitate things that are not true about you. I want you to, they're going to sing. I want you to lift your hands, if you will, with me right now. I want everybody in this room to begin to pray, God, would you touch my mind? Some of you in here, God, put your mind back together. I'm asking you to really pray right now because there are others in the room that I feel are really struggling with this. It's not whether or not you have a touch of God. It's not whether or not God loves you. You, 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 you. you believe those things, but it's the bombarding of your mind. It's the weariness. It's the trial. It's Come on, with hands lifted, I want somebody to say, God, help me put on the helmet of salvation. Help me to guard my thoughts. I don't know if there's maybe, maybe somebody here today, and I... I I don't even know if I was going to call this, but I feel it. You're here, but you've been mentally just wearied. You've just been a little bit overwhelmed. The thought, whether it's family, whether it's sickness, whether it's maybe it's just the enemy trying to overwhelm and and lift thoughts that are not. But you say, I'd like to put on the helmet of salvation fresh today. You might want to come join me at this altar and just walk down here and say, you know what, Pastor, I, I just want my mind to be covered. I want my mind, I want my thoughts, I I want my thoughts to be covered by the truth of God's Word. I I am who He says that I am. I, I am what He has designed me to be. Not what the world says, not what, not what my family says, not, not what the, not what the enemy of my spirit says, but I, I choose, I choose to believe. That I did repent and He did hear me and He's faithful and just. I I choose to believe that when I'm baptized it does wash away every sin. I, I choose to believe that salvation is available. That I did receive the Spirit of God.